Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Karen Kruger, who is an Alexander Technique teacher who lives and teaches in Midtown Manhattan. Uh, Karen was practiced law in New York City for 25 years um, before training to be an Alexander teacher, and she originally took lessons to uh, to deal with some chronic dis, uh, pain. And she now works, uh, teaches a wide variety of students, uh, individual lessons and small groups. And we're going to talk today a little bit about her experience um, becoming an Alexander teacher. Karen, welcome to the show. Thanks, Robert. So, Karen, before we begin our conversation, uh, could you give our listeners a, a very short description or definition of the Alexander technique? Sure. Um I like to say that it's a set of skills that you can learn to take care of yourself. And beyond that, what taking care of yourself means, I like to tailor it a bit to the audience. So for a general audience where I don't know that the person has a particular interest, could be many things, I like to, I like to point out some basic things. First of all, taking care of yourself includes learning how to deal with the stresses of life without reacting in ways that put undue pressure on your body and your mind, mm-hmm. which, I, which are in the Alexander Technique world one and the same. And it can help you improve in many areas, performance, posture. Um, if you have pain, it can help alleviate pain. So it's a, a wide variety of ways of taking care of yourself in activity. Mm-hmm. And it's a kind of taking care of yourself that I think many people don't really think about un- until, unless they've had Alexander lessons. Yes. Um, I think I would say that when people come to me with chronic pain, they often have begun to think about things in the way that I, I help them with. But other than that, most people don't seem to. Mm-hmm. Um, I find many students who come with chronic pain have figured out that they can change the way they move in order to make it feel better because they're highly motivated to address the problem. But yeah, it's quite, it's a different way of approaching problems, um, which is why I try not to get too specific when I first introduce it to people because mm-hmm. I think it, you, it's, it's, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of... Um, discovery to happen and I just like to intrigue them by saying you know this is something you could learn how to do and it will, you will feel better <laughs> yeah so what um what is it who said what to you that got you uh motivated to to start taking lessons ah well um I had been in pain for several years and had been seeking all kinds of conventional and not so conventional help for it with very little success. But as part of my process, I had started to notice, as I said, many of my students do that, I had started to notice that there were things I was doing that certainly made the pain worse. I didn't know if it was part of the cause or just making it worse, but I wanted to stop tensing up my shoulders every time the phone rang, um, you know, holding all this tension in my neck and my back in response to life. And I knew it was was hurting me, but I couldn't figure out how to change my habits. So I had gotten to the point where I had said to myself, okay, you have some habits that you need to change, but I didn't know how. And just at that time, I happened to spend the weekend with a friend of mine who I hadn't seen in a long time and started telling her the story of what, you know, what had been happening with me. And she said, you know, 
I, I took Alexander Technique lessons a long time ago, and it, it, I think it has a lot to do with what's go, what's with the head and neck. And since you're having pain in your head and neck, I think you should check it out. This friend of mine is a voice teacher, and although she had gone to the Alexander Technique because of pain, she knew about it from her background in performing arts. Hmm. So she gave me a book. She gave me um, Michael Gelb's book, Body Learning. Mm-hmm. And I started to read it, and within about four or five paragraphs, I said, I've got to try this because in the very beginning, he explains that the Alexander Technique is a way to learn to change these habits that are harmful. And that was the first time I'd actually heard of somebody who purported to say, okay, this is a systematic way that you can do this. Mm -hmm. Most people would talk about changing your furniture or strengthening your muscles or stretching them out, doing all these kind of things that didn't seem to go to the habit part of it. Right. I think almost every bit of advice people get around posture, alleviating pain even, is do this, do that. But Mm -hmm. no one ever says, learn how to stop doing this or stop doing that. Right. So I would guess that's a really good way of putting it, Robert. And I guess I would say that the the two things that I remember thinking immediately were, besides this, you know, it's about habit, was the idea of inhibition, as we call it in the Alexander Technique world, or pausing, which was new to me. Mm-hmm. Could you could and, you say a word or two about that for our listeners? Yeah, so Alexander, F.M. Alexander, the inventor of this technique, used the word inhibition to mean pausing before reacting to a stimulus. So in a very simple example, something we do all the time in Alexander lessons, before you actually stand up, you think of standing up and immediately all your muscles start to prepare for standing up in your habitual way. So in order to change how you do it, you pause, you allow yourself to let go of that reaction if it's started to happen, and then you rethink how you're going to stand up. Mm-hmm. So that's the other piece that really attracted me, that it was about thinking. Mm-hmm. And, and, for- and we should say, I think, that that pause can be incredibly short. Exactly. It sounds like, and it can be, when you're practicing, be this kind of excruciatingly slow thing, but it becomes just this very momentary thing that no one can even see. Right, right. Yeah. So I I assume that you then went and had lessons, and what what were your early experiences like? (laughs) You know, that's a great question, Robert. As I went through the training program later on, I wished I had kept a diary of my early lessons because it's all a blur in some ways, but I'll tell you what I do remember. First of all, I remember um, my first lesson uh, with Jessica Wolf, who was my teacher for two and a half years. I remember mainly that it confirmed my expectation that this was something I was going to go through a process of learning how to do something to help myself. And I remember that the night after that lesson, when I got in bed, I felt contact with my mattress in a whole new way. Mm-hmm. And it, it just it showed me that even when I was going to sleep, I had tension in my muscles. And I had had an experience with Jessica that had let me let go of some of that and I had never had that experience that I could remember it was just remarkable so it really that stuck with me and then I would say it was a long process for me I I had been in pain for a long time and the sensation in my neck had been quite deadened by 
tightness in the muscles. As you probably know, when you tighten muscles around a body part, it does tend to cut down blood flow and even this information that the nervous system sends back to the brain. It really shuts it down. And it was a very long time before I started to feel mobility in that area and started to actually be able to perceive all these things that Jessica was talking to me about. So it took... It took me a long time, but I, I, I kind of knew from the beginning that I was on the right path. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, that observation you made when you when you went to bed that first day after that first evening after your first lesson, and you felt uh, a different kind of contact, more contact with with the bed, is a pretty pretty telling one because it means that. W- before then, when you had thought you were about to do nothing, that is, lie down, in fact, you were doing quite a bit of tensing that, that um, uh, you know, changed your kind of contact with the surface you were lying on. Exactly. I had a habitual state of being that I couldn't perceive because it was habitual. Because it was habitual, exactly. And yeah. then this, this is, to me, is one of the ongoing repeated experiences that I've had with the Alexander Technique where a moment will happen and often you don't really know why this is the right moment but there'll be a moment when the experience the teacher is helping me get and the teacher's words come together and I have a new level of understanding of something and then something my previous state is put into relief yeah, yeah. So that's... like a you know a new new understanding of the hip joint or a new relationship to my feet. I mean it just goes on and on. That's one of the things that got me hooked is that mm. there's all these great things, yeah. Yeah. It it is kind of like peeling layers off an onion. I mean you yeah. you make a, you often make some pretty dramatic changes early on, but sometimes there are even more dramatic changes to come or perhaps more subtle ones because as you as you become more sensitive to what's going on in yourself, you, you discover, oh, I got rid of that pattern, but hey, I got this other one. Yes. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so so uh, obviously, uh, and well, well, how long how long did you take lessons before you started thinking about um, um, training to become a teacher? Which I would think is quite a quite an unusual thing for someone working in a large law firm in Manhattan. Yes. Uh, You you may be the only one. (laughs) As far as I know, I am. Well, it it was a progression that that was kind of interesting. I I had always known um, that I did not intend to be a lawyer until I, you know, retired at the age of 65. Mm I knew that I would be able to save a lot of money because I was in this big firm and I was, you know, working all the time. But I, my, my idea was at some point in my, in midlife, you know, which shifted depending as you get older, your idea of when midlife is changes, of course. Right. But I, I had this vision that at some point I would change careers and do something that would be less stressful, you know, less remunerative, but more rewarding in other ways. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea what that would be. And then my life got interrupted by this really serious, uh, period of pain. So when I came back to, started to come back to myself and come alive with Jessica's help, I didn't really have the idea that I would be an Alexander Technique teacher, but Jessica, she very, she very um, subtly planted seeds with me. Mm-hmm. She must have seen something that told her that this might be something I'd like to do because I remember coming to one of my lessons about six months in 
And she said, good morning, how are you? I had an idea about you last night. I think you're going to be an Alexander Technique teacher. Wow, yeah. And that was the first time I'd even yeah. conceived of it because I was just doing this to get past a problem. I wasn't seeing it as a lifelong pursuit really at that point. So that, that, that moment passed. And then over the course of time, she from time to time speak about her own training or she would speak about how training is, is done and that kind of thing. So she gave me a picture of the training process. And then it just, you know, oh, I can't tell, tell you the moment, but at some point I realized, okay, yeah, this sometime in the future, it was kind of a vague future thing. This could really be a nice career change for me because I, re- I started to realize that not only would it be very interesting and helpful for people in the world, but it would be great for me. <laughs> so I started to understand that the teacher – the teacher is having to apply the principles himself or herself while teaching so that you end up spending a lot of time actually thinking about your own use, as we call it. Exactly, yeah. So I I would imagine that there won't be a lot of uh, attorneys working in large law firms who are going to suddenly decide to become Alexander teachers based on our conversation. But I would imagine that you would have something to say for people in that situation or just in general in stressful office-based occupations where they're experiencing some neck tension or shoulder tension or back pain or having carpal tunnel issues or so on. What would you say to people like that who might not have heard of the technique? What what would be kind of your, if you were at a party and you were talking to them and they seemed interested, what would you say to them? I would say that the the thing that you should, number one, this is a potential solution to those problems. If 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 it's something that appeals to you and you're willing to take it on and spend some time at it, it's great. Number two, it has benefits beyond that. So for me, I began to realize it wasn't just a way to stop hurting, but it was also a way to actually perform better. I discovered it was really helpful when I was negotiating mm-hmm. as a lawyer. It, 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 there's a reason that performing artists find this useful for performance. And people in business, lawyers, people in that kind of job are always performing. So it's good for that. And finally... Unlike pretty much everything else you can think of to help yourself, it gives you skills that you are encouraged to apply in the activity that you're doing. So it's, what the model that I had previously encountered was go to the office, kill myself, get into terrible shape, and then take myself away from the office and try to find something to fix myself, whether mm-hmm. it was a mm-hmm. massage or meditation or exercise. I mean, all of these things are are beneficial and helpful, but the Alexander technique was the one thing where actually the idea was to be thinking about it and using it while I was working Mm -hmm. so as to not get into such bad shape to begin with. Right. So I, I can't help but think of an interview that I did a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago now with a, a man named, uh, Jack Stern, who's a orthopedic surgeon in New York. Yes, Jack you, is the husband of Judy Stern. Of, Ju- of course, yeah. Yes, and Judy is now my my teacher. Well, we were talking about, uh, you know, when he has uh, someone come to him who is uh, has back pain, and he he 
does a does an evaluation and he said you know 80% or more of the time he he does not recommend surgery even though he is a surgeon surgeon mm-hmm. and he um might very well recommend something like the Alexander technique uh, but then he paused for a moment and this was i thought a really telling moment in the conversation he said if i'm if the person sitting across from me is some high-powered hedge fund manager who's gone through a lot of trouble to make this appointment, but who can't stop checking his phone during our <laughs> consultation, I I might be a little hesitant to suggest Alexander lessons because it does require, well, he didn't say this, but it, my, I think the implication is it does require y- you putting some attention on a, a different way of thinking. Mm-hmm. What would you say about that? Because I'm sure you were, a, 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 in your work, you, you must have run into a lot of those kind of type A-plus personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what would be your take on that? Well, I would say, first of all, I think it's correct. There are people who I find it's just too big a leap to say, Doing less can be more productive. It can be mm-hmm. helpful to lie down on the floor and do nothing for 10 minutes, mm-hmm, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And people, what I would say is, this is a radically different way of approaching problems and a radically different way of approaching life. And if that intrigues you and you're willing to, to come and find out a little bit more about that and what that could really mean for you, you might surprise yourself. You might find that actually there's a lot of value in it. And mm-hmm. people, people who are... Uh, high achieving, driven, educated, etc., tend to know pretty quickly. I mean, if if I can articulate clearly what the Alexander technique is and how it the the approach that it takes and the viewpoint that we advocate differs from what people typically think, people will often pretty early on either say, you know what. I know myself, I'm just not going to be able to do that. Or, wow, that's really interesting. I never thought about that, but I'd really like to know more. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what I try to do when I talk to people who are wondering, can this help them, is to not say, look, I know this is the best thing for you. I just say, this is like nothing you've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, it's a whole different approach. You might really find it valuable. Give it a try. And it won't take a lo- big investment of time for you to get some idea to make that decision. Yeah, I I would agree. I think most people, not everyone, but most people after maybe, oh, two or three lessons at the most, maybe four, uh, will have a pretty good sense of of whether this makes sense to them. Exactly. You know, it's it's not some, it is mysterious until you've had some experience with it, but you don't need a lot of experience for it to to be de- demystified i think i agree and and if it's if it's mystified excuse me my cat's meowing <laughs> with, <laughs> sorry about with that. good use i hope oh always yes, yes. cats have perfect use yeah. um so it's not it's not the ideas aren't complicated the implementation the application to life is not easy necessarily mm-hmm. but I tell people, I can tell you, you know, in a first lesson, the basic concepts of this technique. Right. And and I can give you a beginning of the experience and, you know, we'll see where it takes us. The other thing is, you know, some people 
I, I guess I agree with you about the two to three lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean that people will achieve the results they're hoping for in two to three lessons. Oh, not necessarily, no. I know, and no, I know you no, didn't mean to say that, no. but I think it bears repeating it. The point is that in that period of time, you can get an idea of what this is about and whether you would like to devote more time to learning it and incorporating it into your life. And for me, I, I think it was probably, I don't want to scare people, but it took many months for me to feel like I could really incorporate it into my own life. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I've known people and some some of my some of my students and some just other people who within really a very short time they get a huge amount of relief exactly yeah so yeah yeah well this might be a um, do you have something that we haven't talked about that you'd like to add i guess the only thing other thing i would add is that i think for the type of people we're talking about the biggest obstacle to them trying the alexander technique is that it's not a guaranteed quick fix. Like, here's what you do. Like, if you go to a doctor and they say, take these pills, you know, you take the pills and they either work or they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to a physical therapist, they'll give you a program of so many sessions. An Alexander Technique te- teacher can do that, but so much of what happens depends on the student and the, what the student puts into it that I can't honestly say to someone, oh, yes. Sign up for 10 lessons and I'll cure your back pain. I don't think anybody should say that, by the way, but certainly Mm -hmm. Alexander Technique teachers don't do that. So I think the biggest obstacle is this idea of the vagueness. Yeah, and and I think it's important to to say that that's because we are teachers, partly because of that. We're not therapists. You wouldn't go to a piano teacher and expect them to say, well, 20 lessons and you're ready for Carnegie Hall or or whatever. I mean, you know, it it just doesn't work that way with with human beings and learning learning new skills, which is essentially what Alexander lessons are all about. Yes, and I emphasize that word skills because it's not like a a segment of knowledge that you can memorize and then you have it. Mhm. And that's also important for people to appreciate going in. Um, because it's not like someone comes in and tells you, move your commuter monitor to this different position, and that'll solve your problem. No, that might be a step yeah. that you'd like to take, but it's not what Alexander teachers are all about. Exactly. Well, yeah. may- maybe this is a good point to, to bring our conversation to a close. Sure. Um, so my, my guest today has been Karen Kruger, who's an Alexander Technique teacher uh, in Midtown Manhattan. If anything that we've talked about intrigues you, um, we'll put a link to her website by the interview, and you can get hold of her. If you uh, live elsewhere in the world, we'll put a link to a website that will enable you to find a teacher uh, anywhere in the world, and we'll give you more information about the Alexander Technique. So, Karen, thank you so much for this. Thanks for having me, Robert.